0: You are listening to the Dev Hops Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the SkyTap DevHops Podcast. Uh, this is the show where ideas about really a lot of things, enterprise, software development, software testing, DevOps, uh, Agile, anything like that can, uh, can come up and tend to kind of just flow freely through the conversation. I am your moderator and host, Noel Wurst, the editor-in-chief of the SkyTap blog uh, and our in-house journalist and the person behind most of our social media presence online. Before we get started, I should point out that the ideas expressed on this show are of, are those of myself and our guests, and are not necessarily those of Skytap or our guests' employers either. Uh, today we are joined by Lydia Casillas. Lydia is from Sky IT Group, which is a partner of ours, uh, and we're very excited to speak with her today. Lydia, would you like to give everybody a little introduction about yourself and Sky IT?
1: Sure, absolutely. Hello everyone. Um, my name is Lydia Casillas and I have been with Sky T Group for a little over 15 years and I focus on our application delivery management business unit at Sky, um, heavily involved in the dev test and dev ops arena, uh, specializing in testing, mobility, um, and then everything that it takes to bring your application into production. Happy to be here. Cool,
0: thanks for joining us. And also with us again is Jason English. Uh, He is our galactic head of product marketing here at SkyTap. Jason, do you want to give a little of your own background as well?
2: So yeah, I've been with SkyTap for just over a year now, Um, but I came from a background uh, where I ran the DevOps agenda at uh, CA, and previous to that was uh, VP of marketing at a company called ITKO, which is acquired by CA. and there we did service virtualization. So that was a new I- idea at the time. Um, so definitely been involved in the application development lifecycle in all my previous roles. Um, and you know, excited to be here at SkyTap and part of uh, seeing this come together in the cloud.
0: Very cool. So something else that we do on this show when uh, time and uh, interest allows is to, since we call this the Dev Hops podcast, is to incorporate a beer review uh, into the show as well, uh, where each of us has chosen just a random beer that's either a favorite of ours or maybe a new one that we're looking to try for the first time. Uh, We'll be quietly drinking those uh, during the conversation today, and then at the end, we'll give a little small recap as to what we thought about it, should you pick one up yourself, uh, and anything like that. Uh, I'll go first. I am drinking a Stone uh, Session IPA that I just read about yesterday. It's called their Go-To IPA. Um, It's a bit lower alcohol content than a traditional IPA or other beers. On the last episode, I chose one that I believe was about 9 or 9.5%, and I went with something a lot lighter this time uh so i have not even opened it up yet but uh, i'm looking forward to it lydia what do you have today
1: so i have some i also picked something fairly new apparently it's only been out uh for a little over a month out of a brewery in kentucky it's a kentucky bourbon ale um that i'm actually getting ready to open for the first time
2: and cool. jason yeah i followed suit with you noel and and uh Went a little bit lighter this time, especially since it's still rather hot here in Seattle as well. So I opted for the Fremont Summer Ale, which is a pale ale that's, you know, about regular strength, has a little bit of a citry citrusy character to it apparently. But we'll find out. Very cool.
0: So when we were discussing a topic to discuss today, we decided instead of just covering a topic as broad as software testing to kind of talk about uh, testing um, for mobile apps, uh, specifically enterprise mobility, what kinds of requirements are there to uh, for an app or, or for, for some piece of software to have what you would define as enterprise mobility?
1: Well, <clears throat> mobility like you said, it has completely changed um, for both the enterprise and also consumer users um, to be able to do so much more and be more productive way faster. Mm-hmm. Everything is, you know, how quick can I get my hands on it or how fast can I respond to something instantaneously? It's, it's not only changed the way we do business, we buy things and we consume information. And, you know, funny enough, this younger generation is just getting faster and faster and always trying to juggle more as well. From an enterprise level, business users um, need to be able to not only get the information quick but be able to deliver it anywhere. From anywhere. Um, so, we're not only talking about a device, the application that accesses this information either either over the web or, you know, secure enterprise that will allow us to do our job, but also the time that it takes to go over the network, to access the information that I'm trying to get my hands on, um, and, and just making sure that nothing is slowing me down. The reason I bring up the consumer in this is because, you know, most of the time we're all trying to multitask. So, you know, I'm using my device to do my job, you know, my work related items. And at the same time, I'm trying to order a gift for a baby shower I have to have this weekend, or a pizza to feed my kids later, or transferring money. Um and all from the same device. And These mobile app purchases, transactions, business or personal, and the data behavior that's going behind it are are being looked at um, from both an enterprise and a consumer level and, and even monitored. And a lot of these consumer related organizations um, are looking at these behaviors on their mobile apps and what they need to develop and then how to use that data to be more forward thinking and making marketing decisions and keeping up with competition. So these enterprise mobile apps are are getting very complicated. There's a lot that goes into it. It's not only just from an enterprise business standpoint, it's also from a user and consumer standpoint as well. That, that's kind of my definition.
2: Yeah, yeah I mean, I think the, the, obviously the consumer expectations are what drive uh, enterprises to uh, explore moving to you know, ways to mobilize their business. And I think a lot of it, a, a lot of the what's going to shake out of this process is really uh reducing the set of what needs to be mobilized and, and making sure that we're we have a, a strong distinction between you know what use cases support mobility and, and what use cases don't because obviously you don't just take a you'll just take your whole website and kind of move it into a mobile app Some, and sometimes a mobile app isn't even called for it. Um, you know I think it's like there's over 60% of apps are used zero to one time right mm-hmm and then they're either deleted from your phone or never used again. So that shows us that there's a lot of misguided attempts and forays into uh, you know, mobilizing business functions. And the ones that will survive and do this successfully will really hone in on specific features that, that the customers need and they'll do a smooth job of tying it to the actual enterprise system so that there is little less latency and there's an effective transaction taking place. Right. Absolutely.
0: I remember uh, learning about the the Skytap mobile app that was recently launched, and that it's it does a very small percentage of what the uh, Skytap as a whole does. You know, on a uh, on a desktop kind of thing. But that's because there are only certain aspects of it that people are you know really looking to be able to do, you know, away from their desk. You know, in any kind of emergency situation, or even just to be able to get some you know amount of work done uh, while you know while they're away. You know, and I, I think that having a mobile app that can do something like that it really helps keep that, uh, that uh, user interface simple, which is also something that's you know, very important and that it can't be so complex or difficult to, to navigate that it becomes a burden to, uh, to, to use an app like that. You, know, that you can give it every, every bell and whistle in the world, but if you don't need to, that's time wasted that you spend developing things that don't end up being used. So, Lydia, I read a, um, a piece of content on the uh, the Sky IT website, or it may have been a piece that that you sent over to me, and there was a line that stood out to me that I really liked, and. It said that there was the need for mobile enterprise apps to do something as difficult as reliably synchronizing data with back-end legacy systems and providing a simple and useful UX, which is kind of what we were just talking about, is these apps are doing a lot of things, but they need to, you know, display, you know, results or, or uh, the results of actions that users are taking in a very simple way. How how um how difficult i know how difficult that is to develop but where does testing fall into how challenging that can be to to deliver
1: where does testing fall well <laughs> you know it's interesting because you could have that same conversation or that or pose that question to you know a lot of our customers and you know a lot of people i think are are you know, have the misconception that testing should just be right at the end, right before it's in goes into production. And while we're trying to deliver these apps, whether mobile or web apps, you know, in a more continuous delivery model or more agile specific model, where you know these release cycles are a lot smaller, a lot condensed, it's more and more time timing is more and more important. It becomes more and more important um, as we're trying to you know create a lot more common releases. So being able to not only focus in or hone in on what's important to that mobile application but then also Entrenching testing almost at the very beginning and throughout the development process is so important. It's so key. I can't stress it enough to even our customers, in that um, you know testing has to be discussed, determined, planned at the very early stages. Um, you know most re- mobile app release cycles are, are typically you know in some cases releasing new features, new enhancements weekly, sometimes even daily and if testing is not involved uh, at the very you know early stages and you know companies are sending out applications into production and with minimal testing, you know, they're going to get hit hard when their users can't access their application and can't do their job or, can't, uh, or, or the system is down um, for whatever reason or there's a security breach. So um, not only is it important to have it at the very front, but it's not only just testing the functionality. You're testing performance, you're testing network, you're testing the security. So many different levels of testing that have to be considered. Um, so the earlier that that can take place, the better it is for the mobile app and for the enterprise altogether.
2: yeah that's definitely that's definitely a great point I mean the earlier we can test the earlier we can I was even find problems with the requirements themselves right I mean a lot of that is the actual daily use of the app by live physical users or verification on um, actual devices and not just emulators so I mean a lot of this has to do with the user experience testing and acceptance itself but then at a system level, we're also required to think about, where am I going to do this kind of testing? I mean, other than having a bin full of uh, devices sitting in some remote lab somewhere that, that I have cameras trained on, how am I really going to verify that uh, this functionality is making it across in an accurate way to uh, the devices and it's, being, and it's actually displaying the right business logic? and there it starts getting a little bit stickier i think a lot of um, I, I think a lot of companies aren't very good at cordoning off the test environment from the actual enterprise apps themselves and there's been a number of high profile cases where test testing activities or test data affects actual mobile phone subscribers right so, uh, I think Verizon had a really famous one on the East Coast where they basically sent out an emergency warning message to about 100,000 people and there were calls to 911 resulting from it. It was supposed to be a test of the system, but the, uh, <laughs> obviously it wasn't running in an actual, uh, it wasn't running in a separate test environment or a virtual environment. It was running in production. So uh, that you know, the, the key to this is: I mean, you're, you're dealing with a live user user base, and they're less tolerant of these kind of faults than anybody because you know, they take it very personally if you uh, uh, deliver problems onto their onto their personal devices more so than even a, a standard business user.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and, you know, it's funny because I think I'm seeing more and more of our customers, and I cringe, <laughs> I absolutely cringe hearing when a, a customer tells me, oh, yeah, we're just going to, you know, take the app down or, you know, put a, a screen that basically says, you know, system not available from 12 tonight to 3 o'clock in the morning just to do our testing. And, you know, all because they just didn't have an environment, early enough, or there wasn't an an environment available, you know, that's, you know, unfortunately I'm seeing it happen a lot, Um, and you know, it's not the best practice.
0: Yeah, Jason. I was just going to ask you, going off of what Lydia just said. You know, I can. You know, I remember seeing those screens. I feel, I feel like I'm seeing them less, but I would always kind of wonder why it had to be done. You know, during uh, the, the 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 why uh, site maintenance had to be done during an hour that that I needed a website for um, is a lot of that. Do you think related to? You know, it wasn't that they just chose a, a poor time. It may have been that they would have done the testing earlier had they had, had the you know the environments and the resources. Uh, to basically do it when the site was still up
2: they would have done so if they had actually architected that into their process to begin with Mm -hmm. right but you know once you get down the road and you have a couple functions that are working uh you, you start tying that to more and more actual live systems and then you run into this wall where you basically have a lot of dependencies that are underneath the app and a lot of potential for this kind of hazard to occur you know um so, you know, obviously the, the best practice we recommend is doing all of this, getting a very, getting your test environments as close to production as possible, right, so that uh, all the aspects of that are being handled at scale and I'm able to really verify the functionality. But building that into the process from the beginning, otherwise you're just not going to uh, – it's going to be hard to do and, and, and uh, retrofit that into your process if people are already using an app.
0: Uh, So, Lydia, going back to you, uh, talking about, you know, uh, taking an app down, taking a website down, that kind of thing. It it seems like in mobile mobile software, kind of like Jason mentioned earlier about most people using their apps, you know, one time or not at all and then quickly deleting it, it's that this need for earlier testing and continuous testing, uh, and looking at quality throughout the entire SDLC is, is is at least equally, if not more so, important in mobile because it's just so easy to delete an app and find a replacement.
1: You know, it, it's interesting because I'm sure you know we all look at our smartphone every day and, and uh, notice you know from the the store wherever the app store that we're working with that, you know, you may have on a daily basis anywhere between one to some cases five or more updates on some of the apps that you have. And, you know, some people may get annoyed by that, um, you know, how often or how common. But, you know, I actually look at it as a, you know, positive approach, especially coming from a consumer standpoint. You know, if these are the apps that I'm regularly using, whether for business or for Daily use, and I see that they're being updated on a regular basis. Typically, those are the apps that I'm going to have on my device, uh, you know, and keep them there because I need those updates. Um, Those updates could be pertaining to development enhancements, new features, bug fixes, security um, uh, items that the um, application development for that mobile app, you know, added into that. So, those ones that get updated. And and, you know, you can pretty much track how often they are, those are the ones that I think people have a tendency to um, keep on their device a lot more, but, um, you know, what happens behind the scenes, and it's interesting, I don't know if you've ever had the opportunity to actually look at those updates and actually go into the detail of what is being updated for those uh, particular mobile releases. Some of them are very honest in saying, you know, it a security breach for X, Y, Z, especially on some of the financial apps. But um, for the most part, you know, you can usually tell. The ones that don't get those regular updates, I actually go through my device on a regular basis, at least monthly because, you know, you get to a point where you're consuming a lot of the space on your device, and um, I need to delete devices. I'm going to probably, I mean, not devices, I'm going to delete uh uh, apps before I actually go and, and delete some of the pictures and videos that I've taken on there so from uh, from a enhancement standpoint, from a processing standpoint, you got to look at it also, too, from the consumer side um, or the user, business user side. And then from an enterprise perspective, these are the areas that you need to hone in and test against, not only for those new releases, not only for those new bug fixes um, or, or security breaches, but, you know, if that application is not performing on a regular basis, these are other things that need to be considered before or, um, those updates are, are brought into the picture, and performance and stability and accessibility of those mobile apps are all very important features when it comes to considering what your test plans are going to be around.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think equally as important is that's that's a great point because yeah, when you're you're basically committing uh, to make and then maintain an app over time and. That's a that's basically an annuity that you're going to have to support as a business if you want to you know maintain your reputation there, and a lot of times I, th- I think um, when when businesses or enterprises say you know we have to have mobility, they're overlooking the idea that just using the mobile web itself could be the, the killer app for that company. I mean sometimes you just if you could just have more responsive mobile design of your web experience. And make that work for the the phone user there's no need for them to have an app at all right Mm -hmm. i mean that's something that you have control over you can update at will and it actually has some you know the security and and some of the aspects could be kind of built into the web experience as opposed to being part of an app that's accessing that uh, that person's device right um so it's definitely something to consider i mean there's a lot of functionality that you could handle just through Uh, a mobile web application that um, looks like an app for all practical purposes or at least conducts the functions up front that the mobile user would want to see. Like, I want to call that location or make a reservation. It doesn't need the rest of the information. It just needs what that mobile user wants to do. So, um, you know, I I would say definitely the majority of what we consider to be enterprise mobile apps will actually be mobile websites of some form or another. especially now i think you're going to see this that emerging as rather than having everybody have to have their own app right right
1: yeah it's interesting i just actually rolled over a, a business website just recently won't name the name but it's funny how organizations now are developing their websites geared more towards mobile as their primary marketing Um, display versus kind of the other way around where they, you know, present from a web site, web application, or, you know, like you just talked about, you know, kind of uh, mobilizing that website. Now it's kind of almost I'm seeing more companies go the other direction and just mobilizing everything because that's the way users are accessing the information these days.
0: So, so for being able to deliver, um, you know, updates, whether it's just minor bug fixes or security updates to fix, you know, any kind of breach or patch that's needed, or or even new features that companies are excited to to release to customers, what kinds of things are, are helping those updates come out both quickly and at a really high quality?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think this is where it does tie to uh, industrializing the the software release. Lifecycle, right? The whole the whole software development and delivery lifecycle. If you can industrialize it, that means that you would take you would put the operations team that's responsible for deploying and maintaining the applications on the same side as the development team that has an incentive to deliver the the functionality as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. So, if those teams are incented to uh, to get a quality product and to get it out on time. Uh, that that puts them on the same side right? as opposed to operations not not providing uh, basically holding up releases due to security concerns or scalability or performance concerns they get on the side of trying to how can we help uh, be part of the solution help deliver an infrastructure that works faster make sure the capacity is there and make sure that you have environments behind the scenes that are allowing these development and test teams to do the, that critical testing work and experimentation earlier in the life cycle so that what gets thrown over the wall isn't garbage, right? Mm-hmm. It's not just something that they finished on time in order to meet their goal. So, you know, if the incentives and the management, um, it, it really has a lot to do with how those teams are organized and, and uh, rewarded for getting the job done and being on the same side.
1: Yeah, I agree. As we were talking about this question, that, that I'm over here thinking, you know funny enough, my my husband's a a network engineer and he's always saying, well, you layer seven people (laughs) from a a development, you know, it is. There's that big bridge that kind of sits in between those two teams, not only in in general, but, you know, for most organizations. So they do have to work, you know, hand in hand. Um, The development and testing teams, they have to have a solid process in place to be able to deliver apps faster. Um, They can't be held up by you know, operations to supply them an application environment that in some cases could take weeks or months to supply. And nobody has time for that. Um, so being able to have, you know, that sync that, um, you know, it, it's one team, not two separate teams doing it to, to provide the end result or objective. Um, they have to be able to develop, test, test performance, test scalability, test security, network, put their seal of approval on it and push it into the ops team for, you know, a quick turnaround into production. And it has to be um, a, a solid, you know, handheld, you know, end-to-end approach that needs to be a teaming environment as well as, you know, it would be great if there were some incentives to, to, and reward for, for all of those teams combined.
0: What are some of the challenges as far as the, that mobile testers face today as far as trying to make sure that security covers you know, internal data, external data of users and customers and, and just everything else that needs to be protected when, when thinking about mobile?
1: So security is huge, um, right. you know, I'm, I think it's something that now more than ever, it needs to be discussed very early on, you know, I think when, you know, we look at, you know, the what we're seeing in the news, and these hackers are becoming, you know, more and more um, aggressive and, and creative, if you will, um, on, on how to get into, you know, specific data or sensitive data, um, you know, whether it's mobility or via web Web, you know or you know getting into someone's network you know i think you know part of the problem i see a lot and challenges is that in most organizations when you start talking about security all they think is oh you know my network is secure my my you know uh, whole environment and enterprise environment is secure but you know they're looking at it from a, a networking or you know architectural standpoint a point from a security standpoint i think organizations are getting smarter and, and and thinking about it more from an application level because that's where the creativity is really coming in from the mobile devices from you know the websites you know hackers are, are, are able to get in just through a browser these days mm-hmm. so um, you know I think years ago when we thought when we talked about testing it was always like performance testing was kind of always last leg and if we have time and budget we'll do performance testing <laughs> I've seen that shift go in, you know over the last couple of years where security is you know well if we have time and we have budget you know we'll make sure that we you know test the security before it's released in production and you know now it's getting to a point where I'm you know pushing customers to really think about it you know in as early as the development stages. Mm -hmm. Most developers are not trained or are not educated on how to develop secure code. I'm sorry that's just the truth of the matter. Um, I think more developers are starting to learn but you know security needs to happen at the development stages security needs to happen at you know the the testing stage quality assurance engineers need to understand you know how to test security what to look for you know before it goes into production and then once the app is in production i honestly feel that you know besides doing that you know last check you know is there any holes or Vulnerabilities in this mobile app. Um, I think it needs to be a regular, recurring process in, in production, whether it's daily, weekly, monthly. You know, uh, you know, as, as an example, you know, we've got customers that have very you know sensitive financial data. Um, You know, all of our banking information is out there, credit card information. You know, we're seeing in the news on a daily basis where all these items are, are, you know, people are are getting their identities stolen from them. So, again, hackers are creative and they're out out there finding new ways to get into these mobile apps is a new way for them uh, to get into. So, you know, it should be a new way for us to be spending a lot more time in in these enterprise applications to be testing very early on. A
2: lot of it has to do
1: with, uh, I mean, there's so many potential
2: vulnerabilities that it's almost it almost feels impossible to cover everything, right? I mean, just to stay ahead of that curve. Um, and it's even harder when you add this multiplication factor of, you know, enterprises having, you know, uh, bring your own device policies right so you have people with a number of different platforms and they could be bringing these devices in They're they're using some applications and some some of them would be internal applications to the business that they might be using or or something that talks to uh, ex- other external companies and so what are those what's the behavior of those employees in, in terms of using that data or allowing somebody else to possibly see it right um, it's It's the behavior a lot of times there's nothing you could do to control that side if the if the users themselves aren't being responsible so it takes some there's a certain amount of education and monitoring and and mm-hmm. preventative measures that also have to take place you know for everybody who's authorized to use something at least at least to tell them how to protect their own data, much less the data of the company and how to use the application responsibly. Uh, that's that's where a lot of the breaches are really occurring it's it maybe they may have a really tight uh firewall and password policy and stuff like that and uh you know the data still gets out there because someone shared production data with a third party testing team for instance and didn't properly cleanse it and then you know you have another news story coming out right so Uh, We definitely need to think about all the policies and and how people treat that sensitive data as part of the whole security picture.
0: Well, that is all that I had for today. Uh, Definitely want to include the uh, feelings on the beers that we were each drinking today. Uh, Lydia, would you like to go first on that?
1: Yeah, sure. So, uh, you know, it's interesting because, you know, I'm more of a wine drinker myself, but um this beer i actually have to say is refreshing you know i started out with just you know sipping it initially and it was a little little heavy for me not heavy i should say but more um, stark for me than i normally would drink i'm usually a light beer person myself and um then, you know, as we started, you know, talking about mobility and I'm getting all into the topic, I, um, you know, start tasting some of the other flavors, the vanilla, the oak in here. And I'm like, wow, this is really quenching my thirst. So, yeah, I was trying to taste the the bourbon part of the, the barrel taste, but uh, it, it, I'm still I probably need to drink a couple more probably to really so. get it. In probably there. so. <laughs> it. But for the most part, it's great beer and I will definitely buy it again. Cool.
2: And Jason how about you well yeah I'm in a similar well I'm not in a similar boat because I generally favor the super strong heavy stouts <laughs> and and Belgian uh, ales as well the kind that are are deceptively strong um, but you know I did want to switch it up because it is a little bit early in the day here in Seattle but uh, this light Fremont summer ale does make me want to get on a bike and ride down to the Fremont Brewery which is down all downhill from here so I can get there in about probably 30 minutes and oh, wow, have wow. a fresh one from the brewery. So I think I might do that in short <laughs> order. So anyway, it's a very good citrusy <laughs> flavor beer and, and uh, might need to have another myself. Yeah. yeah.
0: yeah this uh, Stone Go-To IPA is, is, is similar as well. Again, it's got that lower alcohol content so it's one of those things that it's uh, meant for a, a party where you've got to be able to compose yourself after, you know, eight, nine beers of, of standing out in the sun all day kind of thing. So it also works for uh, beers in the middle of the day when you still have a number of, uh, of items on your list you need to do for work. So uh, very very floral, uh, very uh, hoppy, but not in an overpowering way at all. So... Uh, well, Lady, I was going to invite you now to, to plug anything that, that you've got coming up or, or that Sky IT does. I, th- I think we do a really good job on these shows of keeping the conversation pretty vendor neutral. So uh, at the end, of course, you always want to let people uh, at least mention anything, anything exciting or stuff to look out for on your website even that, uh, that people should know about.
1: Absolutely. Uh, Thanks for that. Um, So our website is www.skytgroup.com. And actually we have um, an interesting pizza cast coming up uh, with uh, a focus around SkyTap um, environments uh, as a service and and bringing it into uh, that dev test uh, conversation. So um, I believe the dates for the pizza cast are scheduled for next week. They will be updated and we'll Hoping to have this on a more regular basis. Very cool.
0: So that is about all for today's edition of DevOps brought to you by Skytap. Again, we were joined by Lydia Casillas today, one of our partners, SkyIT Group. If you enjoyed the content, on the podcast please let us know on twitter or subscribe to our blog or the podcast itself which is currently hosted on soundcloud uh, you can follow our blog at skytapcom slash blog for more commentary on software development testing cloud devops mobility information about our company and, and a whole lot more so thank you so much for joining us again today everybody and we will be back with another episode soon